Do you want to hear what the best and most influential minds in the golf and turf industry have to say on issues affecting the world of golf, turf grass, and turf equipment? That's why I'm here. Tune in as Stephen Tucker takes us on a journey with some of the nation's best minds and finds out what they think. If you were looking for excitement, you have found the right place. Welcome to the Turf Addict Podcast. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for being here uh, on this podcast. Um, sorry it's been so long. Obviously, everybody has been uh, chasing things around, trying to figure out uh, how to still do our jobs under uh, this whole COVID-19 stuff. And, um, you know, it's actually hard to find guests as well during that time because everybody's just running around trying to figure stuff out. And uh, Dr. Fauci was busy, so I couldn't get him during during that time frame. So, uh, so anyway, we're uh, hopefully going to get back on track here with with getting the podcast done, and and uh, certainly looking forward to this one. Uh, got a great guest with me today. Um, but before we get started with our next guest, I just wanted to remind you that if you haven't already, uh, make sure you try out the new GPS sprayer from John Deere. Also, they've got a new 2700 and 2750 triplex. Um, both give you more control over your spray, your operators, and in turn will help you produce a great product. So schedule a demo with your John Deere dealer. And once you've done the demo, let me know how it is. You know, Tell me, is it great? Is it not great? Uh, let me know. Uh, be looking forward to getting some feedback on what you think of it. Um, and so no further ado, Miss uh, Jody Cunningham from uh, Optimus Talent Partners is joining me today, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, careers and uh, and you know especially during this tough time with COVID and and you know you look at the hospitality industry right now that's struggling. Um, you got people that are looking to kind of redefine what their careers are going to be. So, uh, Jody, welcome and uh, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for the invite. I'm glad we finally got it on the calendar. Yes, me, me too. Uh, you've been quite busy lately, so I'm glad to have uh, been able to get you on here. Absolutely. No, I definitely appreciate the invite. Well, um, tell for those that don't know who you are. I mean, I know a lot of us have taken seminars and uh, with you at GIS or multiple other places, um, or have actually had you visit the property like we have. Um, but tell us a little bit about your career and what led you to creating uh, Optimus Talent Partners. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, my background is in human resources and talent optimization. So, uh, you know, I started my career on the HR side of things in the hotel business uh, and really kind of uh, it took a while to figure out what I actually wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> uh, there were several times after college uh, where I just wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go. But then I was introduced to this whole thing that was called HR, human resources. I'd never heard of it when I was in college. And uh, I was actually working at a ski resort in Breckenridge, Colorado, and uh, doing some operational roles, front desk and, and reservations and that sort of thing. And, and I stumbled upon human resources. And it, it was that moment uh, as I started to get introduced to what that industry and, and really what that discipline was all about, that I kind of had my aha moment. I'm like, this is where I'm finally supposed to be. After all those years of going through college and not really sure what direction I wanted to go, I finally figured it out. And it was really being able to build relationships internally with the people that I worked with and that worked for the organization and helping them be successful and helping their careers. And, 
And so I, I started down my path of uh, HR uh, experience in the hotel business, and I worked in a variety of different hotels, uh, most notably, of course, the Four Seasons. I spent about 10 years of my career uh, with the Four Seasons. I started in New York City and then uh, transferred to Dallas and spent, uh, you know, so I had city hotel experience and, and resort hotel experience, union, non-union. It was a great educational experience for me. And it was after four seasons that uh, I actually ended up moving to St. Louis because of my husband's opportunity, which I'm sure he'll come up a few times in the conversation as well. Uh, and so we moved to St. Louis and that's when I joined the NFL, uh, not as a player, but as uh, their HR executive. I was uh, the HR executive for the St. Louis Rams, which of course, if you follow football, is now the LA Rams. And uh, I really built their HR and talent uh, structure from the ground up. They didn't have anybody in that role before I started. And so uh, I started to build the HR processes, uh, the talent acquisition plan, and really started working on a, a talent strategy uh, for the business side of football. I certainly dabbled a little bit on the player side, but really there were scouts and coaches and, and those sorts of things that handled the majority of things there. Uh, and uh, so I did that for about five years. And that's when I decided that I wanted to branch out on my own and found Optimist Talent Partners. So I did that about five years ago. And ultimately, what I do is all the parts of HR that I love and none of the parts that I don't like. <laughs> so I, uh, I really what I do is I go into organizations and I teach them how to use data driven people decisions, how to make data driven people decisions to achieve their business objectives. So, you know, every organization has a business objective uh, or several of them. What are we trying to accomplish this year? And then we put plans in place to achieve them. So it's, you know, financial plans your agronomic plans. Um, your marketing plans, but one of the things we often skip is the people plan, and usually we skip it because it's just not our wheelhouse. We just don't understand how to do it, so we just skip it and hope for the best. And so what I do is I go into organizations, large and small, and help them build people plans and help them make people decisions based on data and how we're wired. And so I know we're going to get into that a little bit, but but that's what I do. So I help them make the high, right, high, the right hiring decisions, promote the right people, um, and really, most importantly, developing their leaders at all levels of the organization to really manage their people more effectively, because that ultimately helps us achieve our business objectives. So that uh, that's the long story on how Optimus came to be. So so you went uh, to try to get into HR and I've spent my whole career trying not to get in there. <laughs> so. <laughs> Exactly. Although I know you've learned over the years yes. that HR is your ally. So you should go in and, and chat with HR every once in a while. Yeah. You just shouldn't be called into HR. Right. And <laughs> and there is a distinct difference in the two. No doubt about yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. You know, for, so there's obviously there, you know, PI has been the big factor, I think, um, for us. Uh, one of the things that we implemented from from you guys and, and for predictive index has been a key thing for us. But I wanted to make sure and one of the reason, biggest reasons I wanted to uh, bring you on here was you to explain a little bit about what PI and predictive index is. Um, with your experience and, and what you've seen in our business um, and how you know, it really helps give us much more insight on employees and understand, you know, why they perform well in some situations and maybe not so well in others. You know, so I felt this is something, you know, make sure people that heard it, uh, because um, 
I just feel like this is one of those things that's missing with some clubs, you know, and even businesses for that, for that matter. You know, there's a lot of businesses out there that could probably utilize this as well, just to kind of give you some insight into not only, you know, what type of candidates that you have coming in, but is that candidate the right fit for that job? Even in, if I'm interviewing them and I'm like, man, this is a really good guy and not knowing what's behind the curtain until six months, a year, two years down the road when you hire them. And then, ah, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Right. Exactly. Well, so, you know, in a nutshell, the predictive index um, is a powerful combination of scientifically validated workforce assessments. So that's basically measuring somebody's behavioral drives and their cognitive ability. And that's paired with leadership education. So data is great, but if you don't know how to use the data, then it just, you know, gathers dust on the shelf, if you will. So we've got assessments and we have leadership education, and then it's all web-based. So you have a platform that you work off of to access all of those resources. And what PI at a very basic level is here to do is help connect your business strategy with your people strategy so that you can achieve the results you're trying to achieve. So, you know, much like what I mentioned early on in terms of all the different plans that you have, you've got to have a people plan so that you have the right people in the right roles so that you can achieve the objectives you're trying to achieve. And it can be used in all aspects of the employee life cycle. So when I say employee life cycle, that's a fancy HR term, uh, but really it's from the moment you start recruiting till the point somebody leaves your organization, you can use PI data and the education that you get around it to be able to better lead and manage those individuals. So recruitment and selection, making sure we're getting the right person in the right job, and also defining what it is we're looking for in each job that we have. Uh, Certainly leadership development. Once I'm a manager, how do I best lead each person on my team to get them to do what I need them to do when I need them to do it? at the quality and, and service levels that I'm expecting. Um, then as we look at, at a strategy perspective, you know, succession planning. What happens when your assistant's ready to move up and move out? You know, do you have a succession plan in place? Who's already on your bench that you can start grooming to take that role on so that it doesn't cost you um, an exorbitant amount of money in a search and a lot loss of productivity um, without having that plan? Uh, certainly conflict resolution, that never happens in our workplace, right? Conflict? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. We all get along, mm-hmm. right? But, but a lot of times the reason we don't get along with one another is because we're different. Right. right? Um, you know, you think about diversity in the workplace and how important it is, and, and it's certainly a hot topic right now. Uh, but even uh, above and beyond gender and race and age diversity, uh, you have to add into the mix behavioral diversity. You know, we're all different. You know, Stephen Tucker, you and I are very different behaviorally. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm sure we'll dig into some of those details here in a second. And so if we were to work side by side all day, every day, odds are good. There might be a few rubs here yep. and there, right? Yep. And so we've got to be able to work through those. And I have to understand you. You have to understand me. And so that's what PI does is it provides uh, a catalyst to have some really good conversations and some really good understanding of who I'm working with who do I work for and who works for me so that I can make sure that we're having productive relationships in the workplace that are going to help us again, back to the the whole goal, right. help us achieve our business objectives. Right. So, so that's really it. And, and ultimately using PI is very quick. It's very easy. It's very accurate. And easy is good because y'all are busy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you and- don't have time to, to read novels and, and try to figure out, okay, I got the data. Now what do I do with it? We, we teach you, I teach you how to use that. Right. 
I mean, I, I think the big thing for us, when you look at different employees, I think sometimes, you know, we, we know people, but we don't know people. And I think, you know, we, I'll put three or four different guys on cutting cups and wonder, man, why is this guy not, he doesn't take his time. I've told him a hundred times to make sure he cleans up around the edges and he just can't do it. And then when you look at the PI and you find out, you know, this guy's not very detailed and that's a detailed position. That's something you need someone detailed to do. And it, you, you, know, you think, okay, well, it doesn't make this guy a bad employee. He doesn't want to not do it detailed. He just doesn't do it. That's just not his nature to, to be detailed like that. And, you know, to me, that's when things started clicking that, okay, well, you know, when we start putting the right people in the right job, they're going to do, you're going to get more out of them. You're going to get a, get someone that's going to excel more. doesn't mean they can't do other things, I don't think, but it does, it does mean that they're going to be happier doing things that, that they fit in well with versus not. Is that, is that similar to what you're saying? Exactly. Um, you know, when we hire traditionally, you know, when you think about the hiring process and maybe pre-PI, before you were using it in the hiring process, um, you know, traditionally people fill out an application and sometimes because of the labor market, we just hope they can fog a mirror and they're hired. Right. <laughs> That's not a good way to pick, right? Um, also, even basing our judgments on maybe where people worked before. Uh, we look at a resume or we look at an application and say, oh, okay, this guy worked, um, you know, in, in an equipment shop uh, at another course that's, you know, got a, got a great reputation, so he's going to be great here. Well, the challenge is, it, all that's simply telling you is that somebody else made a hiring decision. It's not saying it was the right one, right. but now that individual can put on their application that they have that quote, and you can't see my air quotes right now, but I'm doing my air quote hands, um, that they have the experience you may be looking for, but it doesn't actually mean that they're going to be right for the role. And even though they had the experience at another course, it doesn't mean that they're going to have the experience you need or the behavioral makeup that you need at your course. So, you know, we have a tendency to hire for skill and what's on the application, but then we have a tendency to fire people for behavioral reasons, right? right. Much like you mentioned, the, the lack of detail, attention to detail, the lack of ability to get along with my coworkers and work collaboratively, um, depending on the role, the lack of ability to move at a fast pace or adjust to changing environments, you know, depending on what the role is, there's a variety of different requirements that each job has. And so we want to make sure that certainly, uh, certainly um, functional knowledge, education, experience is important. And I don't want people to think, no, that's Jody just said it's not important. That's not it at all. But what's important is that you're hiring the whole person. So right. you're not just hiring their experience, you're hiring their behaviors too. And so we want to make sure we know that going into the employment relationship. And, you know, when we think about how people are wired, you know, every day we learn to adapt, right? Every day you adapt yourself, you know, Stephen Tucker comes to work and he knows that, you know, in talking with this employee, I have to adapt this way. And in talking with this manager, I have to adapt that way. Right. So we all do it. We adapt who we are naturally every day. But the thing to keep in mind is that when you adapt, you can only do it for short periods of time. Over long periods of time or under situations of stress, you're going to revert back to who you are naturally. And so using that cup cutter example right. uh, a few minutes ago, you know, odds are good when you have uh, an employee who's cutting cups and they're missing details, they're not cleaning up after themselves, you know, whatever the case may be, the, the flag sticks crooked, um, you can go in and coach. And likely when you do that, you see a change in their behavior and you see them try to fix the problem, right? Yeah. But then a week goes by. 
maybe 10 days. Now we're into two weeks and now you're noticing that the problem is coming back again. So we can all change our behaviors, but it's not something that we can always sustain for a long period of time. And so that's where PI comes into play, where we help you define what is it that you need behaviorally for somebody to be successful in the role. And then now you can match applicants to that measurement so that when you bring somebody on board, even if you're just so desperate that you hire somebody that's not a good job match, you know from day one, they're not a good job match. So you're going to really need to help and support them through the process to help them be successful in the role. So it really helps provide some clarity as to what that future is going to look like with that employee. Right. And one of the things I was thinking too was, you know, not just a great tool for the company itself and hiring someone, but even myself. Right. And, you know, I think about, you know, what I do and how I do it. And I try not to, you know, I I like to just stick to what I know. I like everyone else. Um, (laughs) And, uh, but I kind of feel like had I known about PI a long time ago, wouldn't that maybe be a good roadmap to help kind of guide me into what jobs would have been great for me to have done? Uh, You know, I don't know that it's, you know, that, that there's a spreadsheet that says, okay, everybody that's this goes and does this job because, you know, everybody's looking for different things, but in a career, you know, understanding where I sit um, could it save, I mean, I could essentially save you years of trial and error trying to figure out what you like. I mean, I know when I, uh, when I was young and before I went to college, I, I probably worked 15 different jobs trying to figure out what it was that I liked to do and mm-hmm. never could find it, but I knew I enjoyed playing golf. So, um, as a golf player and not necessarily as a technician or superintendent, I wanted to just do something with golf. And, and so I just kind of steered myself down that path. It took a little bit of time to figure that out. But then when I started going down and I loved it and, and then, you know, the rest is history, but, um, it would have been great being, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 years old, kind of understanding, I knew nothing about what my personality was like at that point, nor was I even didn't even care what it was like. I was just trying to figure things out. So, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, if I would have known some of this stuff, would that have changed my outlook and would I have done different things along the way? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And and you're absolutely on target. Um, the more you have self-awareness and, you know, that's a term that probably when when some of your listeners hear the word self-awareness, they're like, that's a touchy-feely term. What is she talking about? You know, it's self-awareness, though, is critical to being a successful leader. You have to understand yourself accurately. And and that's ultimately the definition of self-awareness. Who am I at the core? If I could just be Jody and not be John's wife or, uh, you know, uh, 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 my my dad's daughter, you know, if I could just be Jody. Right. Who is that at the core? Because when I'm under stress or um, if I'm doing something for a long period of time, the natural Jody is going to come out. Just ask my husband. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm in a stressful situation, right, uh, the natural Jody comes out. And so it's important for me to understand why I'm feeling that way, because that also impacts my decisions for career. Right. Just like you said. And, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is coming into classrooms in the at the college level and uh, having employee or having students take their PIs. And I'm not going to tell them what industry to go in. I'm not going to tell them what job they should be in. But what I can tell them is what type of work environment they're going to thrive in. How much social interaction should you have? 
in your next job? How much level of detail should you be seeking out in your next job? Uh, should it be a job that where you can multitask and do something different every single day and be under a lot of time pressure? Or should it be a work environment that's pretty steady, stable, consistent, very routine, very repetitive? You know, we're all wired differently. And so if you understand that, now you can make some, some, some really strong uh, data-driven decisions on what direction you should take your career. Um, and so, you know, for example, uh, I have a, a client who had an assistant superintendent uh, who had been an assistant for a really long time. I mean, that was just his wheelhouse, and he really never showed any interest in moving up to a golf course superintendent. And uh, really, once we did the PI, it was clear on paper why that was, because he was comfortable being second in command. He didn't necessarily want to be the ultimate decision maker, the one that was driving. He wanted to be the supporting actor, right, yeah. uh, in the movie. And he eventually actually did become a superintendent, but he did it at a course that was much smaller where it was a very small team and he wasn't just leading the team but he was doing a lot of the work and right. that really played well into his profile because he wanted to be the doer he wanted to go out and cut cups and mow fairways and you know do spray tech work and and all of those sorts of things he wanted to do it because that was the part of the job that he loved and that's really what he was wired to do uh, and so when you understand how you're wired that can help you make those decisions. You know, just because somebody's wired differently, it uh, doesn't mean they both, two people can't be a superintendent, but what it might be is that it's, they're superintendents, but at very different properties. You know, one can be a huge multi-course uh, facility uh, and and the, the role of golf course superintendent is very strategic. Whereas another role might be very much uh, hands-on doing a lot of the work in addition to leading a small team at a smaller facility. And so same title, but just very different job responsibilities. And that's where having a good understanding of how you're wired will help you make those decisions. Right. Well, you know, I think having known you for quite a few years now and learn, learning about PI uh, with you kind of along the way, um, it, I, I think, you know, the importance of it isn't just in my career that has obviously taken a big turn in the last few months, mm -hmm. um, but also how it can positively affect uh, effect a department as well you know just looking at at different departments now that you've been doing this for quite a while with golf clubs around the country and hotels um what are they seeing once they've started using it i mean what what are the results that you're finding uh well the results are huge so first of all you know one of the nice things about pi is the way that it's priced if you just save yourself from one bad hire it say it, it pays for itself right. because of the amount of time and loss of productivity and overtime wages and turnover and, and morale issues. When you have turnover in your department, it really negatively impacts the operation. And sometimes it's difficult to put numbers behind that, but that's where I can help. <laughs> so I can help my clients monetize and put a number behind what happens when there's high turnover and how it negatively impacts the product, the guest experience, the member experience, uh, and really employee morale as a whole at a club. Uh, you know, the, the other thing that I think is critical is once you have an understanding of who you are naturally as the leader, uh, you can now make smart decisions in terms of your career choice, uh, but you can also make smart decisions with regards to how your actions impact the people that work for you. Mm -hmm. So when you know how you're wired, it makes it easier to adapt uh, on some level your behaviors to meet the needs of whoever you're interacting with. You know, I think when we think about leadership, 
it's it's really a difference of doing versus leading. So, you know, many of us got promoted because we were good at doing our job, right? right? And so we get a promotion. But the problem is now we're promoted into a job where your job isn't to do the work really anymore. There, there certainly are days where you jump in and pitch in and help. But especially if you are leading an entire operation, your job is now the leader of people and your job is much more strategic. Where are we going? How are we getting there? And how am I leading people to get them to do what I need them to do? Uh, I think it's also important that you even have a good understanding of what's what's the job going to look like, right? So if you love what you do because you're actually doing the work every day, you're out mowing fairways, cutting cuts, whatever the case may be, and now you don't get to do that every day is this still a job that you love, even though you might get a little bit bigger paycheck? You know, it's uh, there's always a, a joke um, around uh, what we do. Everybody wants the CEO's paycheck, but not everybody wants to be the CEO, right? right? So many times we, we strive to take that next step because we like the bigger title and more money, but we forget that the job changes. And so once you become the leader, your job isn't to actually do the work. It's now to hire and fire and set strategy and budget and forecast and procure. And, oh, yeah, every once in a while, you do get to do the work a little bit. But really, you're leading people that do the work. And so you have to be uh, good at that. And you have to actually enjoy it because it's going to be 80 percent of your job. And if you don't like leading and managing people and coaching and educating, you're going to be miserable. You're going to hate it. Right. So, you know, coming back to what you were saying in terms of your your job changing uh, quite a bit over the last um, uh, last several months, you know, and, and and I hope it's OK that we talk about this. But you and I have talked about that in length uh, over the last couple of years about what you need to stay engaged. Right. right? Um, you know, in your PI, you're a controller. Right. That's your profile. It's not a negative term, <laughs> but you're very much a, a detail oriented individual with a preference for high quality technical expertise. You are really driven by the details. You're driven by strategy. Uh, You're driven by this natural drive to innovate and change new and different. Um, You're comfortable being in charge. You're comfortable being assertive. Um, You're comfortable being competitive. In fact, you like to compete and you like to win and you like to be the best, you know? So when you take on whatever job comes next, you want to make sure that you're going to succeed at it. That's not something you want to fail at. Right. Failure is not an option in Stephen Tucker's profile, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably why it took you so long to take the leap, yeah. right? And, you know, the other thing that, you know, as I look back on what you do and, you know, I can even remember the, the first day I met you and obviously, you know, John introduced me to you. We were sitting at a barbecue place of all places. I'm sure you remember this yes. in, in Texas. Yep. And, um, you know, before going into the conversation and meeting this guy named Stephen Tucker, John's like, yeah, he's an equipment manager. And, you know, and, and I've been around golf for a long time. And certainly, you know, being married to John, I understand the, 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 the role on a golf course, right? <laughs> And um, and so but then I I was sitting with you at dinner and you weren't talking operationally. You were talking strategically the way that you were thinking about the future and the vision and where can this go and how can we elevate the equipment manager role and how can we invest in this role within all of the different um, locations throughout the country so that we can really help educate and, and improve what we do as an industry. Right. And, you know, to me, I mean, it literally was, and that was before I had your profile. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have your PI at that point. Right. And um, I was like, wow, okay, this guy is really strategic focused. He's got a strategic mind. And so that, the fact that you have that innately 
is what will allow you to be successful in your role now because you're thinking about the future you're thinking about what's next how are we going to be better how are we going to innovate how are we going to try new and different um, how are we going to be top in our industry rather than being stuck in the day-to-day -day. and so that's a pro that's a behavioral profile difference many different people and so when somebody has that we call it a over c in pi speak which means nothing to anybody except you and i right uh, but it's this ability to be proactive and think strategically and really being driven to get things done and to innovate and to really drive change and so when we think about leadership and, you know, I'll use the term CEO, that's absolutely a role where you're not supposed to be in the day to day. You're supposed to be above it, thinking about where we're going in the future so we don't get caught off guard and get smoked by our competitors. Right. And so with that, having that in your profile, I'm so glad that you finally took the risk <laughs> and, and and jumped in because I have no doubt that because of your strategic mindset, you'll be able to continue to drive your operation um, into the future in a very positive way. And that's where this type of data can become hugely valuable, especially when we're succession planning and career planning. Right. And, you know, I think that, you know, and, and John has hit me hard for years on trying to figure out what the next step is going to be. And, and, the, the challenge for me was always, you know, I'm a, con, I wouldn't say conservative, but uh, calculated risk taker. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to take a risk where I feel like mm, I, I don't, I don't have a real chance to mess this up. Um, and, <laughs> and, and so I, you know, I, I really analyze or overanalyze um, mm -hmm. what those opportunities are. I mean, even at other, you know, when, when I was, equipment manager and looking at other positions around the country, I was, I would always overanalyze, do they have the money to do what they're wanting to do? Can, you know, can they produce what they're wanting to produce? Is the golf course capable of holding a, an event that they want to hold at the, at the level that which they want to hold it? Um, is there enough equipment? Is there enough people to work on the equipment? You know, really looking at everything uh, under a microscope to make sure that, the decision I made, because in my mind, it affects not just me. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. making decisions for my children, for my wife, um, and for the people that I'm going to work for. In my mind, every time I join a new, a new golf course or, or even take on a new role, you know, there's a lot of other people that are counting on me outside of just the people that are here in the house that I live with. Um, the right. people that hired me are ex expecting something. And uh, they're expecting a, a result that, that they're paying for. And so in my mind, I want to be able to deliver it. And I don't ever want to be in a situation where I can't do that. Um, right. and, and so that's why for me, it's always taken that push and that continued push from John. Thank goodness he continues to do that. <laughs> Uh, and hasn't gotten tired of doing it. Um, but I don't think he ever gets tired of pushing. No, Never. no. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, just thinking about it for other people's careers too. I know if I know if I'm thinking that and I'm in, I've been in that situation that a lot of other people are in that situation as well. You know that sure. should I take the leap? Should I sit back? Should I wait for some perfect thing to happen and you know it, it never happens that way. It's never a perfect situation. Um right. but uh but anyway, yeah. I mean it, it it's definitely um uses every bit of what I have. <laughs> right now, especially right. with all the uncertainty with everything. Um, and you know, I'm a, I like to make everyone happy and it's hard for me to realize that you can't do that. 
I uh, tried right. to do it with the association. I tried to do it any other time. I think the challenge to to that is all the different personalities and and you know you try to change your direction a little bit when you're talking to to each different personality because you know they like this or they like that or they don't like me to announce their name in public when they do a good job. They'd rather me just tell them behind the scenes. Right. Um, so it's it's a lot to hold and to think about and to process before you make every decision. So right, right in the position now, there's a lot more strategy, a lot more thinking, a lot of, you know, okay, you know, if I do this, what is the result I'm trying to get and what's the best way to approach it to get that result? So, right. Well, and you know, one of the reasons that you feel that way, um, as you know, in your profile, there's something that we have, we call formality, right? And you mm -hmm. have a, a high amount of it, which is really the drive to conform to rules and to structure. And in a nutshell, it's critical for you to be precise and accurate in your work. You do not, you know, probably even in school, when you turned in your homework, it was not half-assed. Am I allowed <laughs> to say that on your podcast? When I turned um, it in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know, the work that you do, you want it to be perfect right out of the gate. Right. And so, and I have high formality as well. And so one of the things that I've had to learn as do you, and, and you've continued to kind of grow in this area is that, you know, when I think about when we do things new and different, uh, I kind of equate it to, you know, when the new, I, when the iPhone came out, right? right? It was iPhone, I don't know, 1.0. And what version are we on now? Right. 11. Mm. Are we at 11, maybe 12 now? 11 I think 12, it's 11. Yeah. And so, what that what I'm saying by that is that the first iPhone that came out wasn't like the absolute perfect will never change because it was ultimately the best thing ever invented. Right. It was the first draft. And then we learned from that and we put out the second draft and then the third draft. Right. Until now we're at iPhone 11. And so many of us in this industry, when I think about golf course superintendents, equipment managers, individuals that work in this industry that you're in, because of what you do every day, you're usually really good at what you do because of your high formality, right? right? You can't just wing it when you're applying uh, nutrients to a golf course. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, that's close enough. Yeah, well, close enough will help you lose your greens, right? Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're accurate in everything you do. And so many of the individuals that are in this industry have that same high formality that you have. Mm -hmm. And that is sometimes what causes this not willing to take a risk and try something new because you now can't control the outcome. Right. You don't know. I mean, the fact that you took this, took on this job after you were offered the opportunity to take this next step, you can't control the outcome as much as you want to control <laughs> it, man, there's COVID there's hurricanes. There's, you know, there's all kinds of things that you can't control. Right. And so you have to really flex and adapt that formality to be able to just stomach the job. Yep. And so, that's one of the things as, as people are thinking about their career steps and the more that they're better understanding who they are and how they're wired, that's an important part of understanding, you know, we can all adapt and change, but boy, if you have to adapt so much that it could literally physically make you sick yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, really, when we think about how we're wired, if we're being somebody we're not all day, every day, it can it can really hurt us. We become disengaged. We can become tired, um, stressed and, out. And we go stressed out. I mean, stomach problems, physical things that will really uh, make a negative impact on your personal and professional life. And so that's I mean, and I don't mean to sound dramatic, but it's so incredibly important that you're picking a career where you know getting outside your comfort zone is good. But being outside your comfort zone all day, every day, 
Right. That's not a good strategy. And so that's where this type of data can come into play uh, so that you can you can learn to be better at adapting, but know when you shouldn't be adapting because you just can't sustain it. And it'll start to affect your personal life as well as your professional productivity and, and your success. Right. Um, all right. So, Jody, the question everyone's thinking, you know, we're obviously at a point now and this is probably dependent on what career you're in, but. Should everyone be trying to diversify their skill sets to become more attractive to multiple careers versus putting all their eggs in one basket? Uh, I, I think that that's something you should be doing anyway, even mm-hmm. without a pandemic. Right. <laughs> um, because, you know, and I, I especially think that the golf course industry um, on the operations side and um, on the turf side and equipment managers and that sort of thing, you guys are really in a unique situation where you manage some pretty significant budgets. Uh, you manage projects. You manage a lot of unknowns uh, with Mother Nature and now a pandemic. Um, and so a lot of what you do on a day-to-day basis translates into a lot of under, other industries. So um, certainly if there are if there's uncertainty in someone's future about whether their job is going to be stable, if they're going to have a job, What I encourage people to do is really take a look at what they do day to day and make a list. Make a list of what your job responsibilities are. When you think about day to day, what you do and what you do really well, write it down and then take a look at that and and really drill it down to the actual fundamental competency. Right. So if if you notice a lot of things on your list are very detailed, accurate, precise, no mistakes. Well, then certainly there's this drive to conform to structure and make sure that the work you produce is excellent. That's not going to change if you change industries because it's it's who you are. It's how you're wired. Um, If you are you have a really good sense of being able to build camaraderie on your team, this ability to build teamwork and people that really um, become invested in um, doing things because you've persuaded them to get them to do what you need them to do. You have this ability to develop and coach and mentor. That just doesn't happen in your own industry. It happens in all industries in leadership. Right. And so it's looking at the things you're really good at and putting them down on paper, because that's what I do. I'm a high D, high <laughs> formality, write it down, make a list. And, uh, and then really take a look and now start to incorporate that into your resume. Um, and, you know, this is could be a whole nother podcast. Uh, but <laughs> when you are talking about building your resume, you need to focus on your accomplishments, not on your job duties, right? Because that's what's going to translate to other industries. If you're talking about employee morale and improving employee morale or improving the member experience or, um, you know, whatever new and different innovations you've impacted that you've you, you've you've analyzed, you've done the due diligence and now you've implemented some something new and different uh, that has been a huge success that translates to other industries. And so you just have to think a little bit outside the box and think about what you do differently, not so much immersed in necessarily golf, but in business. Because ultimately as a whole, no matter what company you work for, your job is to help that company achieve their business objectives. So what do you bring to that company to help them do that? Right. So being able to analyze it from that perspective can help you take a look at other things that you can do new and different. You know, the other thing that you mentioned, Stephen, on um, kind of diversifying your skill set. You know, if you are working in an organization, in a club, in a hotel, uh, where you have other departments, 
right? Mm -hmm. And you have other departments that may need an extra set of hands right now because their employees are on furlough or they're doing more with less. You know, there's they need extra bodies to go through all the COVID protocol. Throw your hand up in the air if you can, because mm -hmm. right now I know it's summertime and we're just trying to keep the golf course alive <laughs> in most instances. But if you can offer to help out in other areas so that you can get exposed to other areas of the club, other areas of the resort. Um, I'm sure once eventually you can coerce John to get on your podcast, he'll probably share this story, but it might be a while. So I'll share it now. Um, you know, that was one of the huge helpers for him in making the jump from golf course superintendent to GM was his ability uh, to be exposed to other different parts of the Four Seasons, right? The right. banquet department. I mean, he manages a food and beverage operation now. And, you know, and, and if you ask him, he's like, I was just a grass grower and now I'm uh, managing food and beverage, right? But really what he learned after working at the Four Seasons was how that operation worked. He had insight to see it happen. And because of how he's wired and that kind of hands-on experience, he was able to now parlay that into experience that he can apply what he does every single day. Right. So, you know, taking advantage of the area that you're in, whether it's a club, whether it's a hotel, whether it's a, a freestanding golf facility, um, odds are good in all of those areas. You have, you know, catering departments, you have food and beverage operations, you have accounting teams that you can learn from. What, how can you learn right where you are so that you can better yourself for the next step? Right. Huge opportunities for most of us. All right. Well then let's say, all right, let's say as an example, I work on a cruise ship. Okay. And we're going to, we can speculate. That's not a good business to be in. <laughs> not right now, no. I mean, we can speculate that's not going to, that's not going to turn around anytime <laughs> soon, right? So, yeah. Uh, if I'm, if I do that, then, you know, what, um, where would I start to look for a new career or figure out how, you know, what transferable skills do I have? You know, what, uh, what, where would I start with that? Well, the first thing I say that it's critically important, no matter even even if you're not planning on changing careers, but your network. So it's important that you're connecting with people in your network to learn from them. Uh, you can't let ego get in the way. You have to be able to, you know, dial up some confidence to give somebody a call and say, hey, I want to explore other opportunities. Tell me a little bit about what you do. What do you love about your job? What do you hate about your job? What, you know, what what keeps you up at night about your job? You know, what makes you jump out of bed at crazy early hours to go be a golf course superintendent? That's just crazy. Um but, you know, what is it about what other people do that you know that they love? And that will help you better understand maybe what direction you should go to. So definitely tap into your network and don't just tap into your comfort zone network, right? Don't just talk to other equipment managers. Don't just talk to other golf course superintendents, but reach out to people outside of your industry to get to know what they're doing, to get to know what opportunities are out there. Um, I also think even just scanning job positions and not necessarily on a Craigslist or on an Indeed, but go to companies that you've always been interested in, right? So you mentioned early on, Stephen, you were interested in golf. You knew you wanted to do something in golf because you love to golf. Right. So now you get to work around it every day. That's an awesome way to kind of help direct where you should be going. You know, when I made the transition from the Four Seasons to the NFL, I, I didn't actually have my sights set on working in the NFL. Um, but when we moved from Dallas to St. Louis, 
I, I knew I had to leave the company because there just wasn't any transfer opportunities. And but I knew that I could never work for another hotel company ever again, because right. in my mind, no other hotel company was going to be as awesome as the Four Seasons. I just I couldn't picture it. I couldn't see it. OK, I drank the Kool-Aid. That's fine. But I loved my experience of the Four Seasons. And so I knew I didn't want to do that. But I did want to find a brand, uh, an organization, a company that I believed in, that I had an interest in, much like your interest in golf. My interest certainly is in hospitality, but then professional sports. I love sports. And so I went on to the websites of the St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Rams and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, and uh, that's when I came across the job opportunity. But that's a, that's the way, you know, as you are thinking about different companies you'd like to work for, start there and then start to drill down to see what other companies are connected with those companies. Uh, many of the people on this call are certainly have a, a golf agronomic equipment uh, technician type of background. And so think about other industries that would benefit from that, right? What other industries are connected with golf? in some way, shape or form, uh, like a John Deere, right? right? So, you know, there are, that's a huge company with numerous types of uh, uh, different career directions, right? So if you're wired for sales, man, maybe that's the way you go because you've been in a superintendent's shoes. You could probably do a really good job of selling to that individual. Um, now that's not for everybody. Sales right. is definitely not for everybody, but that's a way to kind of dig into some different opportunities and kind of figure out what you might want to do. Um, other areas that are connected with golf, you know, and, and it could be um, tournament setup, right? Uh, because again, you're very much in a field that's very much um, kind of building project management, those sorts of things. Maybe there's some sort of tournament setup opportunity uh, with different companies that contract with the PGA of America and the PGA Tour. So thinking outside the box and thinking about companies that are connected with what you do so that you can apply the knowledge that you have, but maybe do something different. Right. That would be a couple places I would start. Well, and, and it all kind of goes back to knowing who you are uh, to start with, because right. otherwise you're just throwing darts at a dartboard, hoping they stick and then getting in a job that you hate because exactly. you didn't understand it all. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So um, certainly, and you definitely probably don't want to go work at a cruise ship. I'm just going to throw that out here. Now, now is not the time. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a while for that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jody. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Uh, how will, you know, it, it, let's just say that, you know, a couple listeners are interested in what you're saying and, and want to get in touch with you and ask more questions or maybe interested in their clubs signing up to do PI. Um, how do they get a hold of you? Well, my website is optimistalentpartners.com. So that's O-P-T-I-M-U-S, Optimus, like uh, the Transformer. I didn't even realize that that was a Transformer um, when I picked the name Optimus. I just thought it sounded positive. <laughs> <laughs> so it's optimistalentpartners.com, uh, or you can reach the business number, which is area code 602-690-1074. So whatever works best, uh, feel free to reach out and uh, love to connect and talk further about it. All right, Jody. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, enlightening us on uh, career path choices, uh, you know, PI, and uh, and sharing my uh, what my life story looks like in on piece of paper. 
right? <laughs> yep. So, uh, no, I really appreciate it. And uh, as always, great, great uh, to see you doing a lot in the golf business. Um, you know, I see a lot of people that are benefiting. That's I hear it every year at the show, uh, guys coming up and saying, man, we tried the PI and it, and it's really helping us, uh, identify the right people for the job. So, uh, so Fantastic. thank you. My pleasure. Well, thanks again for having me and, uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. All right, Jody, have a good one. <laughs>